Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Brown. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin, Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? <laughs> oh, man. It's late, <laughs> but we are so close to football, Shane. We got, we're going to power through here. Uh, yeah. Anticipation is, it doesn't even describe what's going on over here. No, I mean, it's just, it's so much. And you, you can only, it's so funny. It's in the off season. We're just trying, we're digging, man. It's like we're digging in a cave looking for a diamond somewhere. <laughs> and now it's just like we're in the bank and it's everywhere. And we're just looking for the best jewels to present. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it is night and day, but man, you're doing a great job ciphering all the, the BS to get to the good, the meat and potatoes, as I'd like to call it, Mike. Yeah. And, and talk about. <laughs> You actually found this clip, Shane, so i got to give you credit. Mm -hmm. But, old, uh, we're not the only ones fired up for for football because old Will Anderson, (laughs) even though he don't smile for photos, don't let that fool you, Shane. (laughs) He is fired up to face Utah State. Well, I think last time we talked to you was when, right after the picture, when you said you don't like to smile for pictures necessarily. (laughs) But how much does it actually being a real game week and getting to play real football and sack a quarterback make you smile? I'm so excited. I mean, from the time I woke up this morning, from the time I was in a weight room, everything, like, all I've been doing is envisioning the game on Saturday and, you know, like, everything that's going to be going on. So, like, that's all I've been thinking about all day. But I'm very excited. I haven't stopped smiling. Just to, you know, playing Brian Denny in the first um, the first game this season is going to be something huge and something big, and we're all excited. Man, what a gem there, Shay. Just, I, yeah. I, again, I got to credit you for finding that one. But uh, Will Anderson being fired up, that is just uh, a nightmare for every quarterback out there, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm telling you, man, there he's getting a – I don't know if you're if you're buying into it, but he's getting a lot of Heisman love right here out of the gate. Yeah, uh, a lot of people truly believe he was the true MVP last year, and if he repeats it, there's no reason why why can't a defensive lineman get the MVP, the Heisman Trophy? So um, I just love it, man. He's locked in. Doesn't care. A Utah State, <laughs> buddy, they better put three on that side, you know, because he's gonna be eating some lunch, man. <laughs> Well, that may not even be the best quote we got of the day, Shane. We got Shane Beamer here talking. You know, it's interesting. He didn't specifically call out Oklahoma, but mm-hmm. all the indications there, Oklahoma ain't ready for the SEC, Shane. Let's kick it over to Shane Beamer. Shane, you mentioned even last week trying to get recruits out here. <clears throat> As you sit here with prospects finally able to come back on Saturday, what goes into making a, a quality and a quality experience and trip for a guy that's maybe coming in? For just Friday night and Saturday and dipping after the game. Yeah, you don't have somebody that would be here for an official visit or, or really anybody that's here. Uh, you know, so many, you know, if they are coming in on Friday, just the opportunity to uh, get around our players and coaches and staff uh, as well as much as possible. It gives them extra time to do that, to feel what Columbia, South Carolina is like on a Friday night or, or a home football weekend. You know, certainly with it being a night game, we'll have some people that will be here Saturday and they get a chance on Saturday during the day. This is a unbelievable college town. And to be able to get out and experience what a college town is like on a Saturday leading into a Saturday night in Columbia is pretty um, is pretty special and a great opportunity. And then, you know, once they get to the game, it's about relationships. But certainly uh, recruits see and watch that Gamecock walk when we arrive. So 
the bigger and more electric and loud and wild and crazy that is, the more of an impact that makes on um, on these guys. And I mean, and, and I'm serious in saying that I've coached other schools where we had a walk and I was in a different conference and we talked more very recently and we talked about the walk that we had pregame and did we want recruits to watch it? And I've been in the SEC and I remember telling the head coach, I'm like, look, this guy we got coming in on this visit, he was at an SEC school last week. Like our walk is cool and all, but it ain't that. And um, it's the same thing here. So it's a different it's a different out or different walk pregame environment. And then just the electricity in the stadium, the uh, the way all 80 plus thousand people, you know, feel like they're playing the game for you and truly, you know, a uh, truly an asset. Uh, and a home field advantage. So how about it? I mean, oh boy! I mean, <laughs> this is supposed to be our SEC brethren here. Yet, uh, yeah. Sh- Shane Beamer notes, you know, those fans they don't do it like we do it here at South mm-hmm. Carolina. And I just, I couldn't believe he said this. The Oklahoma walk. What the hell is that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're walking into a buzzsaw, Mike. That's what's going on. So. <laughs> I love it, man. Pumping up that game day atmosphere. I think this is important. It's important because there's going to be a lot of recruits at this stadium. So, you know, if you're a true Gamecock fan, you're there. Get there early, man. Make some noise because you're auditioning for your next your next crop of recruits. Yeah, and you know, Shane, one other thing, obviously a lot more important with the South Carolina Gamecocks is opener against Georgia State. And, hey, you know, we admit it, we're biased to the SEC. We got, we got no respect for the rest of these teams. But, mm-hmm. hey, I've started doing some digging, Jade, on Georgia State. Let me just throw this out there. I don't know if you saw our last episode with Steven Lazen, but Georgia State won seven of their last eight ball games, mm-hmm. returned 18 starters, top three rushers, eight starters on defense back, 141 offensive line starts return. They've got – their quarterback was MVP of the bowl game last year. They got mm-hmm. they got a defensive back with nine interceptions, which is the third most in the country. And Shane Beamer, Shane, he is talking up some Georgia State. So let's kick it back over to Beamer real quick. Tape on Georgia State and start doing your initial kind of breakdown of Saturday. What jumps out at you about them? I know you mentioned their experience, but from a football sense, what kind of sticks out? on first glance uh they play really really hard uh for one i mean you watch them on defense i mean god lee i mean they fly around and 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 play really really hard uh for sure they're disruptive they're physical um you, you know talking about all those stats all the tackles for loss the turnovers force the sacks you don't do that unless you're really active and disruptive so they're not staying in one place i mean it'll be a challenge for our guys because he's Guys on on defense for Georgia State. I mean, they're moving, and uh, and they play good defense. Uh, I mean, Louisiana, I guess, won the Sun Belt last year, and they had them shut out. I was watching it yesterday. I mean, shut out for the first half. They Louisiana didn't score against them, and all these guys are back. And then offensively, obviously, the the quarterback has got size and and can run, and um, you know he's really he can throw the football, and they got receivers with some size that can make some plays and. And I uh, got a veteran offensive line. The center is a heck of a player. Um, running backs are really, really good. Obviously, one of them was here previously as a defensive back. And just a veteran group, I mean, that plays really, really hard and and uh, plays with confidence. And, and a group that starts 17 to 22 starters or juniors and seniors, they, they look like it. You know, they know what they're doing. All right, Shay, so having all said all that, I know we're not pumping the brakes on South Carolina by any means, but – I'm just saying, Shay, this maybe is a little bit more interesting of a game than I thought. 
the good news is, going back to Beamer's first comments, it's a night game, williams Bryce Stadium, and South Carolina, they got some things going their way too. So I'm not hitting the panic button, but all of a sudden, Shane, I think this game may be a little bit more interesting than I originally thought. Yeah, I mean, I get that, but, you know, because a lot of people think of Georgia State, they think of Tennessee. Yeah. They think of, uh, uh, was it Auburn? Yeah. You know, that one. But these are early games. Nobody was thinking anything of it. This is, a like you said, it's a night game. We got new lights. We got sandstorm. We got all kind. We got a new quarterback. We got we got so many new toys to play with. And 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 I think that's the thing. It's it's not like South. This isn't a random day in November. Yeah. This is the opening kickoff for a very excited South Carolina program that wants to see what this team is all about. No, I don't give a shit who Georgia State's bringing back. This is going to be a bloodbath, brother. And I tell you, that new light show, man, it is going to be awesome. So, uh, no, I'm not worried about this. This is just noise, Mike. That's all it is. Well, and I'll tell you what, Shane, who's ready to set those lights off, their new receiver, Antoine Juice Wells. Real quick, hey, I may be saying, whoa, we got to watch out for this Georgia State, but Juice Wells, Shane, is saying something completely different. <laughs> Juice, I know it's kind of day one of preparations for Georgia State this week, but what have you seen from them in the kind of film study and, and game prep you guys have been able to do? I uh, mean, I ain't going to lie. He's just going to go out there and kill him. You know, uh, it's not too much to it. He's just going to go out there and ball. So, how, hey, that's the biggest bulletin board material <laughs> we're going to get, but I think that gives you an idea of the confidence in that locker room. and. Mm-hmm. The Gamecocks know if they go out here and execute, they're going to beat the hell out of Georgia State. This is what you want, man. I mean, that's telling you. That's the pulse of the locker room right now. So if you don't think Georgia State should be – there's no upset alert on this one, man. The only upset thing is a lot of Georgia State fans that made their way up there to Columbia (laughs) because it's a long way home. So I – I'm not worried about this one at all, and I just love hearing the players come out and just – and speak like it is. Mm. Now, a little bit of bad news, Shane. I, I do want to mention this just real quick, but uh, Auburn, the guy that was supposed to start at center, Nick Brahms, mm-hmm. medically retiring from football. He's been banged yeah. up a lot throughout his career. And so, obviously, a, a loss for Auburn. They've got a couple cupcakes right out the gate to to get that offensive line up to standard before Penn State. But mm-hmm. speaking of centers, I just wanted to throw this little nugget. And, and I probably shouldn't even share this, Shane, because I've not researched it. But I heard it on a Twitter Spaces uh, from this Vegas insider. Apparently, when a team's starting center is out, yeah, they fail to cover the spread. It's right around 80% of the time. Okay. Now, I'm not saying Auburn's going to fail to cover the spread because they're playing some cupcakes. They knew this was coming. But yeah. that, that's a little gambling nugget for, for all you out there. Maybe pay attention to see if a starting center's going to be missing. <laughs> Maybe put you some money on the other team. Wager of the week, I, I'm just saying. Hey, man, anything and everything, they get a little head, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, we're not saying Auburn's going to lose, but maybe they don't win as much because they don't have this. 80%, that's a pretty strong damn number, Mike. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, some strong numbers, Shane, I wanted to throw these at you real quick. Again, sponsors of the show for, for the second season in a row, prize picks. Yes. Head on over to Prize Picks. Put in that promo code SEC. They'll match your initial deposit up to a hundred bucks. There's also that link in the show notes you can utilize. But they have got at Prize Picks, Shane. It's daily fantasy sports. 
mm-hmm. where you can wager on players over or under. And, and hell, I went two for two last week, Shane. I That's may not right. be able to pick these games, but I can pick you some <laughs> prize picks. But what they're, they've also introduced this year, Shane, is some season over under yes. totals. And I sent these over to you. I don't know if you yeah. had a chance to give them a look, Shane, but uh, I'm going to give you the ones that I think fans should gamble on. How's that sound? No, it sounds great, Mike. I did get a chance to look these over. And and this is, you know, a lot of people forget these season-long bets that you can do yeah. until it's too late. So if, if you're feeling froggy, now's the time to get it in there because they're going to adjust it after week one, man. Oh, yeah. So my number one on the board, Shane, I think you're going to love this. Will Rogers mm-hmm. over under 4,350 passing yards. <laughs> That's an insane number, but I'm going – over for Mississippi yes. State's quarterback, one of the best in the country. He may hit 5,000 this year. I think so, man. We're going to be breaking records down there in Mississippi State for sure this year. And and uh, I think we get the end. Will's a real serious Heisman contender just based on their scheduling and, and wins and losses. They may have an argument there, but I like the over as well. Now, one other over that I'm loving, Shane. Cannot wait to see this guy in action. Ole Miss running back Zach Evans over a thousand and eleven and a half rushing yards on the mm-hmm. season. I think Zach Evans is going to be a machine down there. Ole Miss is is very very underrated when it comes to mm-hmm. their ability to run the ball. They're they're typically under Lane Kiffin. I, I think they led the SEC his first year. I think they were in the top four or five last year. So Zach Evans, I think, is going to blow up. Zach Evans, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think he's going to be a, a focal piece of that offense. Uh, I'd like to see – this was just rushing, right? Yeah, just rushing. Yeah, I mean, this this guy's going to be a 2,000-yard back, I think, collectively with rushing and passing. So, heavily evolved, involved. Now, here's one under, though, Shane. I hate to go under on any of these, but I'll give you some reasonings here. Jameer Gibbs, Alabama running back, mm-hmm. under 95 95- – or excuse me, 951 and a half rushing yards. And you may be sitting here saying, what the hell? We've been pumping what this. The, what the hell, Mike? <laughs> I've been pumping this guy up all offseason. We've been pumping him up. But again, this this total is just for the regular season. That's critical because mm-hmm. I think he'll go over 1,000 when you consider, you know, potentially SEC championship, potentially multiple bowl games. Yeah. Gibbs will hit that over in the postseason. But – Here's why I think he goes under, Shane, because Gibbs is going to be utilized in such a way. He's like a Alvin Kamara to where mm-hmm. I think he's going to catch a lot of passes. I think he's going to be one of the Tide's leading uh, pass catchers. I think he's going to yeah. – if this was total yards, way, way, way over. But also, Alabama, they're not going to blow out everybody they face, but I think they're going to blow out enough people to where, hey, we're going to spread the wealth and get some of these backups involved. So, yeah. sneaky. I know Gibbs is, is getting all this hype, and he deserves it. But I'm going under 951.5 rushing yards just for the regular season. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit this offseason. I, I mean, I think Gibbs is going to be a big part of that Alabama offense. But he's not the only only back back there, man. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of hands on that football. And I think there's going to be a lot of games that are getting out of hand. And the first guy pulled is Mr. Gibbs. Now, how about this one? Last one for me, Shane. Kayshawn Butte. We, you know, we recognize one of the best players in the country. But I'm actually going to go under, Shane. 978 and a half receiving yards. Mm-hmm. And here's why, Shane. Little nugget. We're still, you know, we've not watched a, a ton of Brian Kelly. He's new to the SEC. 
He's only had one 1,000-yard receiver, Shane, since 2016. Yeah. So they spread the ball around. Unfortunately, Kayshawn Butte, you know, he's had, he suffered injuries. We don't know about the quarterback situation. I just think you factor in all those things. Malik Neighbors, who's the number two receiver, is is getting billed as uh, maybe the breakout player on that entire roster. I think they're going to spread the wealth. I think that's what Brian Kelly wants to do. So Kayshawn Butte will probably get around 950 receiving yards this year, but I don't think he breaks at 978 and a half. Yeah, that's 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 a tough one. But again, that's this is this is why it's further down your list, Mike, because yeah. <laughs> I think that one's a little risky because we've seen there's been plenty of times he is the only piece of offense right. on that offense. So um, I don't think that's going to be the case this year, but I still think Brian Kelly, when he walked into that, that room, the first thing he sized up was his best receiver or best asset on the program. So he's going to be involved, but I see where you're coming from. Yeah, if he's fully healthy, Shane, and he and – they get up, they force him the ball. He may break us by half season. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Speaking uh. of Brian Kelly, how, how about this stat, Shane? I got to credit Chris Felica, the bear on college game day. Brian Kelly has won 40 straight games when he's favored. He hasn't lost yeah. a game as a favorite since 2017 against Damn. Stanford. So LSU favored against Florida State. That's a That's a good omen right there. Yeah, I like that stat, Mike, for sure. Mm. Now, I know another thing you're going to love, Shane. I, we played this on the last uh, – <laughs> Stats are so funny, though. You know, it's <laughs> like, we don't we – they come out with some random stat all the time, like, well, you know, the, I mean, you did the center. Now we got Brian <laughs> Kelly. It's like, well, it's, you know, uh, you know who we got down there uh, – <laughs> Napier, he hasn't lost when the temperature was over 72 <laughs> degrees, not once. He's undefeated, and he's now in the swamp, you know? So, <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's funny. Well, speaking of funny, Shane, I'm sure you've seen it, but I want to play it just for you. Sam Pittman doesn't know what to expect from Cincinnati. Is it going to be iced tea? Is it going to be liquor? <laughs> we we got to play this clip one more time. Go beer, diet soda, who knows? You know, you don't know exactly what they're going to do, but um, I think uh, we've got enough defense in that we can attack whatever we see. You know, I think the first couple series are going to be really important to figure out kind of, you know, what they're bringing to the party. You know, some guys bring iced tea and some guys bring liquor. And you just got to figure out what, to bring it. I mean, hey, go go into go into two minute offense. And you'll figure out what kind of party you're going to on the first play. And speaking of that, Shane, I mean, Luke Fickle backed it up here. Cincinnati head coach. They're coming down yeah. to Arkansas, which should be one of the best games of the week. He was asked mm -hmm. about not naming us a quarterback, and I, I really interesting. I thought he he basically admitted, you know, last season maybe he didn't get his team fully prepared for these playoff games and how that could be a factor against uh, the Razorbacks week one in Razorback Stadium. What's that? Yeah, yeah. But that, I don't think there's any reason to you know talk about it. You know what I mean? I don't know that uh, it does anything good for our team. It doesn't do anything good in the opponents and the preparations of things. Um, so I've always kind of said that from the get-go. I don't know that last year we announced a starter. I don't know that it was much of a question. Uh, I don't think the year before we announced a starter. 
again, I don't know if it was much of a question. So for us, you know, obviously you got to have a plan and you got to move forward with it. Um, but there's no reason for us really to kind of announce things. Well, it's it's not easy. You know, you could say, well, we, we pump music in and we, and we want it to be loud, but the reality is you, you want to have good practices. So I think there's a balance there. Um, we started probably last week at really kind of talking about the environment, talking about the atmosphere, um, making sure we're aware of, of uh, you know, what it's going to be like. I, I can't exactly tell them because I've never been there. Uh, obviously, I've, you know, heard and, and talked to a lot of other people. Um, but it's one of those things that's hard to prepare for, you know, because, you know, it's kind of twofold. Like I said, you, you know, there's a lot of other things that you got to prepare for as well. And sometimes the atmosphere is one of those things that, uh, you know, that sometimes gets in the second, you know, secondary just because, you know, with the younger team, you got to have some really good practices. But I know that uh, after the, the, uh, the playoff game last year, I think I didn't do a good enough job at preparing our guys for the environment and the atmosphere. So I think that uh, we've used that. And, and how we kind of started that game as something that we know we got to get better at. Um, so it's been since January, whatever that was, second, third, fourth, coming back, talking about how do we get better. It about it had been about handling the atmosphere and the environments that we're going to play in, thinking about it being week one. Uh, I didn't tell them it was about week one, but it was really about, hey, let's, let's make sure we understand this. Even all the way back from January 2nd, we're talking about how we prepare for, for September 3rd. All right, Shane, so hey. <laughs> Sounds to me, I mean, maybe it's just coach speak, but maybe them Arkansas fans who, you know, they, they wrecked Texas game plan. You come yeah. you come liquored up like Sam Pittman says, I think you got a good chance of uh, wrecking the Cincinnati game plan too. Absolutely. I, I think that's, that's the beautiful thing. And Sam's kind of hit on this a few times now. You know, if we come out aggressive, we're going to figure out exactly what kind of defense or what kind of scheme Cincinnati's going to be playing. So yeah. I expect I expect some damn aggressive offense and defense. <laughs> Pin their ears back and let's get them. Let's get this game rolling, man. All right, Shane. Next, let's uh, kick it on down to Lexington, where you know, pretty interesting. Mark Stoops still keeping things very close to the chest, not wanting mm-hmm. to talk about. Uh, Chris Rodriguez, and then their linebacker, Jordan Wright, is apparently also mixed up into this. And he's also – this may be a great candidate for tell the truth, Shane, because he's hyping up the, the quality <laughs> of the Mac here. Yeah, you know the Mac teams. Hey, but I'll tell you, brother, every now and then one sneaks up and bites you. So you... Mark, obviously, <clears throat> Chris isn't on the depth chart. Can you announce how long that suspension is? What... Yeah, we're, <clears throat> we're discussing that because I knew that would be the first follow-up. And and I want to say I, I, I appreciate uh, the respect that you all have had through through this process. Really, um, when I I think you guys know a lot of times because I'm very open and honest with you. You guys are very respectful in return. When I have something to say, we'll say it. I just have to say that these players have some rights as well, and I have to be very conscientious of that. Um, I expect. Um, a few of them that have multiple game suspensions, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I really, you know, I'll, I'll address it next week. Uh, I expect maybe uh, one of them to be back next, you know, next week, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Which players are suspended and which ones aren't on there? I didn't say suspended, you did. Uh, they're, they're unavailable to play. And this, obviously, there was a lot. Of- focus on Chris the DUI plea. Can you at least confirm that there is a second issue that's been talked a lot about, speculated about? No, I cannot. Mark, 
MAC teams have come in here and given Kentucky the trouble that they didn't even here. What can you tell people? What, are they, what do people need to know about the, the level of, of athlete that plays on these teams and maybe have been overlooked by Power Fives or whatever? Well, well there's, without a doubt, I mean, I think. I, I believe everybody in this room, you know, knows that because you cover the sport and, and realize how good a football is played in the MAC. And uh, we have the luxury of playing this team, who's picked to win their division, playing, playing the championship game, and they have a really good quarterback. So anytime you have a really, you're really well coached and you have a good quarterback, you know, the, I can promise you this: they're not in, in, you know, they're they're ready to come in here and play. I think it was game two last year. They went out and played into a one-score game at Minnesota and, you know, had an opportunity to win. And, you know, they're a very good football team. And, uh, you know, Coach Martin, he's been, he's been around. He's uh, coach of the year at a, at a lower level where they won at a high level. And then he's been at Notre Dame and had great success there as a play caller and offense coordinator. And he's been here for nine years building this program. And they're extremely well coached on both sides of the ball and, and on special teams. And, and they're going to play uh, very good, sound football. You've heard me say this before. You like it that way because you have to go beat these guys. They're, they're not going to give it to you. You have to go earn it. You have to go beat them. You have to go play well. Uh, they're going to be very good. They're, there's um, yeah, some very talented players. You look at their defense. You look at their inside linebackers, one of which was injured a year ago, but he's a six-year player and, and is one heck of a ball player. A lot of experience inside on their defense. They have a, a disruptive player in, the, in their nose guard. They have uh, a corner that really stands out and, and offensively um, a stable running backs, a quarterback that can – that, that, that can play at a high level. And, uh, you know, and they want to take their shots. They're going to get the ball down the field. They're very efficient in their run game, not overly complex. They dress it up with what a lot of people do on the perimeter to set up shots, to set up plays down the field in a creative way, uh, which will make us really uh, be, be prepared. Yeah, and apparently, Shane, the, the quarterback for Miami of Ohio, I had no idea. Again, this was if you missed it, go back and check Stephen Lassen episode. He that guy's just a damn encyclopedia of college football. But the quarterback there is the younger brother of Blaine Gabbert, who was at Missouri first round pick. I, I think the 49ers or the Jaguars, you know, a bust in the NFL, but a hell of a college quarterback. And now his brother is kind of tearing it up for Miami of Ohio. So hey, all of a sudden that that's something to watch here for uh Kentucky in the opener. Who is it again? His name is uh, uh, Gabbert. I, I can't, I've already forgot his his uh, first. Blaine Gabbert. Bla is that... It's his younger brother. Oh, okay, all right. No, I did not know that. Man, I, I love this family thing. You know, it's funny <laughs> now. It's like all the guys you watched in college. They're now like got kids. You're <laughs> yeah. like, oh shit, I am old. <laughs> what did I turn to pap all? You know. <laughs> all right, Shay. Moving on. Next, we got to let's kick it on down to Athens, where I just thought this was funny as hell. Uh, because because you know Kirby and Dan Lanning, they're not in communication. That you know they used yeah. to work together, obviously, but now they're facing off. You know, Oregon hadn't named a quarterback. What do you think about that, Kirby? Uh, mm -hmm. He puts him right in his place here. I, th I thought it was fantastic. Kirby, you mentioned some un unknowns, trying to find information. That Dan's not announcing his starting quarterback. Obviously, you're familiar with the guy that's the favorite. I mean, how does that impact you know them not saying this is our guy? I, that that really doesn't impact anything for us. I mean, I I know who the quarterback's going to be. So 
I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Uh, I'm worried a lot more about how our guys play and what our guys do and how our guys execute. You know, you, you guys use that to write about and talk about. But, I mean, let's be honest, regardless of which quarterback's in there, they're going to do what they do. And maybe he does one thing better than the other guy does. And, you know, at the end of the day, they may play both of them. But it's never about the prep preparation for one specific quarterback as much as it is the preparation of your team to go play well. Kirby, considering um, all the different moving parts on the defensive line, I mean, you're going to be facing the team that may have the most experienced offensive line you guys will face this year. What about that challenge come Saturday? Yeah, uh, I think that we face a really good offensive line day in and day out and a very experienced one in our own. And uh, that provides a lot of good competition. You know, I think they've got more returning starters, returning snaps than almost anybody in the country on their offensive line. So it certainly is a strength in terms of uh, even what Mario's history is of recruiting offensive linemen. Did a tremendous job putting together depth at that position. So uh, it'll be key that, that we play well, we play physical. Um, you have to control the line of scrimmage and strike people to be a good football team. They know that. Dan knows that. There's nothing hidden about that. So our defensive line has got to stop the run and, and, and be able to control the quarterback, which depending on which quarterback it is, you know, you, you got some really good athletes back there. Come on, man. So Kirby knows it's going to be Bo Nix. Quit bullshitting down there at Oregon, Dan Lanning. Kirby knows what's up, doesn't he? Exactly, exactly. I, I, I bet they still got a couple of group texts active, you know, <laughs> sending each other memes like, come on, man, come on. <laughs> but that other thing he hit on, Shane, Oregon, you know, Mario Cristobal, that's what he does, offensive line development. Georgia's got – they still got some beasts in that front seven, but it's a, a retooled front seven. I think this yeah. is legitimately going to be a battle here uh, between, you know, in the trenches. Uh, it may be the only one where Oregon matches up well with Georgia, but that's going to be something to see. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game, Mike. I really do. Uh, but it's like a poor man. No, I would say the opposite. Hawaii was a poor man. But I'm saying <laughs> it's, I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be competitive yeah. at the beginning. But the problem is Georgia is just so deep. So, I mean, there's just so much talent just sitting on the sidelines ready to get in. Mm. I think that really starts to show in the second half. Dan's just not had an opportunity to restock his shelves up there yet. Yeah. All right, last thing real quick, Shane, jumping on down to Mississippi State where Mike Leach was asked about last season's blown call there. He still ain't over it. I, he, I thought you were the biggest I ain't over guy it. not over it, but apparently it's Mike Leach. I just thought this was hilarious. I'm playing this just for you. Mike, last year I think you believed after the game that that punt return was officiated correctly. Have you looked at that play? Have you have you changed any opinions on that? I think I think you could categorically, um, uh, I think you could categorically, uh, uh, without getting in trouble, without any of that stuff. I think you could categorically assume nearly entirely the opposite, and I never said that. Coach, kind of getting back to the the Memphis thing, you you always want to be excited to play that first game. Does it help to have a, an opponent that you're familiar with, or maybe a team that left a bitter taste in your mouth to kind of get the guys to lock in, or, or do you just expect them to lock in for anybody? Well, if they if they don't lock in, you got the wrong guys. If they don't have the lock in, you got to kind of adjust the depth chart or find other guys, you know. And then uh, and so you know those that aren't locked in, we're going to try to. We'll try to replace them if uh, if that's the case, but uh, I'd like to think that's not the case. Defense or offensive coaches, and it seems like from our point of view that this may be the most talented defense you've had since you've been at Mississippi State. 
What are your thoughts about your defense? Maybe have you seen them improve this year? I think they play together better. You know, they've logged some snaps with one another. I think they play together better. I think they play with more precision. Some have gotten bigger and stronger, which I think is good. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I agree with you. I think they're better than they were last year, but now they've got to prove it. They've got to go out and play that way. Team. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, that no, it's going to take a hell of a lot more than a, than a blown call to beat Mississippi State in this one. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. it, I mean, Mike Leach and company, they seem locked in on this one. Yeah, I do. I, and I, I'm hearing it from the fans. You hear it from some of the players. Yeah. You know, this, is, this isn't like last year. This, or this isn't a Memphis team that they're overlooking at all. Mm-hmm. This is a team that they want to come out and just destroy them and, and not be put in a predicament yeah. to come down to <laughs> one bad call or one bad special teams. It's not going to happen. All right, brother. Hey, I hate to cut it short, but I literally have to jump off here for another call. So I appreciate you, as always, joining the show. I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls.